Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Half court set. Conley works off Rudy. Long dribble out in front of him. Chests it back up to Bogey. He reads the laces. He fires the three. He hits. Two for three today from three for Boyan Bogdanovich. Donovan picked up by the rookie. Fifth pick of the draft of Coro. Out of Auburn. 6'6", 225. Donovan steps back into a three and hit it. Here the highlights as the Jazz blow out the Cleveland Cavaliers. They win by 30. PK, that wasn't really an NBA team Cleveland ran out there. A few parts of an NBA team, a few third-string development guys, some Z-leaguers. I don't know what that was. It was a mess, and the Jazz did all they could do, which was win big, win easy, and have the fourth quarter be a chance for all the guys way down their bench to play. Yeah, they played the last five, six minutes. Elijah Hughes got me encouraged. It's not just a couple of shots. It goes back to that Jim Beheim interview that we had. He was his coach, obviously, at Syracuse. I mean, Azubuke is a big guy who can dunk. I mean, that's what he's always going to be. However long as he's in the league, that's what he's going to be. But Hughes, I'm, I'm sort of intrigued by this young man. See if he's got something there, if the team has something there. You know, over time we'll find out for sure. Right now he's not playing a lot. But, uh, yeah, the Cavaliers, uh, they should have uh, gotten beat big, and they did. It was more about what the Jazz did than what Cleveland did. It looks like the Jazz uh, played one of their better games. Obviously the competition was weak. Reminds me of the BYU thing. We went through that with the whole season with BYU. How good are they? The competition is weak. Blah, 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 blah. Well, this was the NBA basketball version of the BYU football season. Donovan Mitchell led the Jazz with 27. He and Jordan Clarkson shot the ball really well. They had good stat lines. Well, actually, a lot of guys did. Bogey, maybe. See if he got untracked a little bit because he hit four of six and we've Seeing him been missing open shots, that doesn't really have anything to do with the quality of competition. That's what I'm saying. It's just good to see the ball go in the hoop for him. See if that see if it carries over here. Is they're supposed to play the Wizards tonight, but that game's been postponed. The Wizards don't have eight available players. Uh, They've got COVID issues and canceled their practice yesterday. The good news for the Jazz, as we were talking about yesterday, if you can't play, you can't play. But let me know we can't play while we're still in Ohio. We don't need to fly all the way to DC and back. So. They come home, they get an extra day off. And you know what that does, PK? That lessens the impact of that first home game back feeling like a road game. Now you got an extra day, so that's a little harder sell. You've had more downtime at home. Well, there's no sell this year because the fans and all, it's almost virtually the same at every arena. So that has no bearing this year. So I don't want to hear it. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. There's been communication, but I think that's all in-house. So we, we keep that to ourselves and we try to, to figure out, um, you know, our, our home front privately. Corner, LeBron, make sure he's uh, behind the arc. Oh, he turned the other way. He turned the other way and looked at the bench as he let it fly. And they can't believe it. They love it. My teammate, uh, you know, hit me with a bet on the sideline and I was, uh, I took the bet while we're still shooting the ball. So, you know, a, a bet isn't official until you look a man in the eye. So I had to look him into the eye and um, I was able to win that. I love this city. Um, I literally, you know, done everything that I can. Um, you know, I mean, this, this situation is it's, it's crazy. You know, it's something that 
Uh, I don't think he can be fixed. So, um, yeah, thanks. Lakers crushed the Rockets 117-100. There's an argument if he made it wasn't really that close. The Lakers could skirt around and make bets on shots because Houston wasn't competitive and James Harden there afterwards not elaborating, not taking any additional questions. Thanks, I'm out of here. But basically, he wants to be traded. He wants to be traded now. And they're not trading him now because they don't think they're getting a package for what he's worth. But him saying stuff like that isn't going to help him get what he's worth. They're going to get 50 cents on the dollar, so... It's a mess, which probably doesn't bother Jazz fans at all. Uh, certainly it is a mess, yeah. Absolutely, he wants out. doesn't look like this team is capable of winning as presently constituted, so I agree with what he's saying. Uh, whether he's going to hurt his trade value or not by saying it, I don't really think that matters because I think everybody knows what he said is what he's been feeling all along. So if you tell me the sky's blue, well, I already know that when it's a clear day. So I think he just said the obvious but Houston has bottomed out now, and so they're going to have to figure out a way to, to regroup there. And, and then the, the Kyrie Irving thing, I mean, you got in bed with a guy like him, so what do you think is going to happen? I mean, it's not like he has been drama-free, and then all of a sudden this cropped up. This is who this man is for whatever reason. I believe that when he's 50, he's going to look back and say, boy, that was really stupid. Uh, but at the time, you're going through it. Yesterday, he's on a conf or a Zoom call with Miranda from Sex in the City uh, about uh, reform and justice and whatnot, and he, and he puts his name out there as Kai Irving. Was he trying to go incognito? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, like that's possible. And then there was a, pit, a video of him at a family gathering, and yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's just it's too much. Yep. And then they won the Nets won yesterday. They did. I, they beat the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. That's a good win. They went 122 to 116, and Durant went for 34 and 9 and 13 assists. So that's a really good win, but still, big picture, can you have that much money out of your salary cap on a guy who you don't even know if he's going to be there? I mean, is that how? They're 6 and 6 now, so that's a good win, but how good are they going to be in the long run? No, I don't know that they'll be any worse uh, without him. As opposed to with him, with the drum. Now the salary cap, I don't, you know, I don't know anything about that. I mean, I'm talking about basketball, uh, so that's what they need to worry about, not what I need to worry about. I'm worried about basketball, and I don't care about the other stuff. Levert gave him 20, so yeah, he, that helped get him through this through this game. He came off the bench with uh, 20 there, and yeah, the Joker had an awesome stat line: 23 points, eight, eight, eight rebounds, 11 assists, and seven steals. Plus, he blocked a shot. I mean, it just wasn't enough. <laughs> That's he's He's got the uh, awesome stat line, but not enough. Warriors lost. They're now a game behind the Jazz. Pacers beat the Warriors 104-95. to Not a good shooting night for Steph Curry in that one. 7-17. Yeah, they boxing and won. You know, old college defense that you would see. High school defense as they played some zone. That was a fun game. I watched a good portion of that before going to bed. Wondered if uh, Wiggins could pick him up, but he shot the ball pretty much the same way Steph Curry did. 7-17. So, Sixers beat the Heat in overtime, 137-134. Joel Embiid, 45 points, 16 rebounds, and they get the win. Yeah, Miami, I mean, they got three of their top players out for COVID reasons, so... 
they're battling that, and they've had some games postponed and all. You know, MB did have a huge game, but when you look at Butler and Adebayo and, and Drogic out. That's a lot uh, to lose. Yeah, I can see why the Sixers would have won that game. Celtics have got the top spot in the East. The Sixers had it for a while. The Celtics are up percentage points on them now. So Celtics, Sixers, Bucks at the top of the East is starting to look kind of like we expected. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Former West Virginia, Michigan, and Arizona head coach Rich Rod has landed. He's joining Terry Bowden's new staff at Louisiana Monroe. He'll be the offensive coordinator. His son, who's a quarterback at Arizona for the past four years, will transfer to ULM and join the team for spring practices. So, Rhett Rodriguez is there now. And Steve Sarkeesian at his introductory press conference at Texas thinks the Longhorns can get back on top quickly. No long rebuild here, PK. It's talent on the roster. Let's go win, which is good because the Longhorns fans aren't really in for a long rebuild. Well, I don't think they've been rebuilding at all. I mean, they haven't had bad seasons. So uh, they're looking to get to the top. That's the difference. Can they get to the top? So obviously there's talent there. There's plenty of talent. This work will be all gas and no brakes. We will lay down on the hammer and go get it. Well, it's better than a fight on. (laughs) It is better than that. You're right. Uh, NCAA President Mark Emmert said he couldn't disagree more with a proposal that the association should part ways with FBS football in an effort to preserve the education-based model of sports it espouses. The Knight Commission last year suggested that was the best way to do it, remove FBS football. The entity that generates the most money and operates most like a business from its counterparts. Now, who's FBS and FCS? The bowl subdivision is the old 1A, which was much easier than bowl subdivision. So we're supposed to move 1A? What are we talking about here? Move foot, move separated out from the rest of the NCA, and of Let course, them be their own. He doesn't. Team. Mark Emmer doesn't want to do that because he doesn't want to see those teams out of the NCA basketball tournament because then it's not worth as much. Well, then just move them out for football. That's what they're advocating. They're not advocating for basketball to be separated. He's afraid that once one happens, the rest will follow. And I get that. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. So Deshaun Watson, upset in Texas, uh, didn't get the say on the general manager, and uh, Houston Texans wide receiver Andre, former Houston Texans wide receiver Andre Johnson, came to the defense of Deshaun Watson, tweeting, the Texans organization is known for wasting players' careers. All in on beating up the Houston Texans now. Who Who gets traded out of Houston first, Deshaun Watson or James Harden? Of course that... I know, right? Players are going to stick together. Well, more than that, but yeah. So uh, that's that's no big surprise. Well, what do you what do you want, Deshaun? Hey, what, what job title do you want? Seattle Seahawks have fired offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer after three years with the franchise. Seahawks announced the decision, citing philosophical differences as the reason for the parting. They called Schottenheimer, forty-seven, a fantastic person and coach. But get out. Well, their offense sucked at the end of the season. There it is. You can be a great person all you want, but it's all about winning. On the other flip side, you could be a you-know-what, and if your offense is doing what Alabama did, then you're fine. In fact, you're not only fine, you're going to get a massive raise. 
Chicago Bears are likely to retain their general manager, Ryan Pace, and their head coach, but their defensive coordinator is retiring after two seasons with the franchise. Chuck Pagano is out, and of course, the defense is the strength of the Bears, the reason they were able to get to 8-8 eight and eight and get into the postseason briefly before the Saints beat them. Seems like the defense for the Bears has been the strength of it for 20 years, <laughs> if not longer. I was going to say longer, right? 40 years, 50 years. Go back to 80, well, the 85 <laughs> Super Bowl yeah. team. I mean, they didn't have that many problems offensively. No, offensively they were good then, so they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Walter Payton. Yeah. Always Come thinking, on. man, if you just get a get a B-plus offense here, you could do some awesome things. Yeah, it's been it's amazing when the it's the same story over and over and over again, and it doesn't change. They tribe different people. It still doesn't change. At the same time, you know, it's like, well, that's the Utah's deal, right? If, if they're going to have problems, it's mostly on offense. But they've had times where they still had decent enough offense to win enough games, but the Bears haven't been able to get it done. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst and former Utah and BYU basketball staff member, will join us. Talk about the Jazz now, 7-4, second place in the West. Question of the day, how good are they? Are they really that good? Are they beating up on lousy teams? Are they really rolling now? We'll get to that coming up. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Number one. Because you're number one preset. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for Hot Takes or Toast, Jerry Seiner Cadillac. You can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. Question today, it's up on Facebook, it's up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. Tweet at us, David DJ James. Grab your phone, use the app, use the 1280 The Zone app, use the open mic feature, and send us your take. Question, are the Jazz rolling? Are they only beating up on lousy competition? Well, they were beating up on lousy competition last night, PK. That was a bad team. But big picture... You can't dismiss this as lousy competition because you got wins over the Clippers, the Bucks, and the Blazers, and they are all supposed to be playoff teams, uh, teams that can potentially not just get in the playoffs but win playoff series as well. I don't think, but they're not rolling seven and four. This is who they are. Rolling well, three in a row. That's rolling. rolling Oh, if they were sitting at like nine and two right now, that would be better than they've ever been. Then they'd be rolling. But seven and four? Not if they were nine and zero oh and lost two in a row. <laughs> okay, if you want to go instant snapshot. So are you only talking about the last three games as far as rolling? Like, is this win streak rolling? They're rolling. They're one three in a row, and they look good. 
They, they look great against the Bucks. They look great against the watered-down Cleveland team. And they did exactly what they needed to do against Detroit. They're freaking rolling. They've won three in a row. What more do you want? Six in a row. Those New York well, games then, stick in everybody's craw. No, 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 no. That's never going to change. If you want to win six in a row and you've won three in a row, the only obvious solution is to win the next three. I don't even know who the next three are. It's Atlanta and Denver, and I don't know past that. And they better beat Atlanta. I don't care That's past good... that. What difference does it Atlanta's make? If not you're rolling, team. it doesn't matter. <laughs> so are they rolling? You can just go with, yes, they're rolling, and then if they beat Atlanta and then lose to Denver and come back on Monday, well, they're not rolling anymore. That was a bad loss. Well, in the course of a season, you're going to have some ups and downs. So that's the way I look at it. You know, I don't care who you are. You're going to have, as particularly this year, when they're, they're going to be hit with some guys who can't play because of COVID restrictions and whatever. Uh, if it's just tracing, hopefully that's just it. Uh, so we know that, plus you factor in injury, NBA season – is a long season with the number of games that they play, particularly in a condensed version of it. So, yes, you're going right now, they're rolling. Now, next week, two weeks from now, could be completely different. We all don't want to see that. We want to see them continue to win, obviously, but I think that the nature of this season just lends itself to sort of some down periods. You know, how down do you get? That's the thing. How long is your bad stretch? That, I think that's the term because if you're a good team, well, then you're going to have good times in the course of a season, right? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a bad team, well, you're going to have bad times. Just so the good teams, how long are their bad stretches? If they're reduced to small amounts of lo- losing streaks, yes. well, then obviously you're that's going to pump up your win total. And I think we see that in just about every team. There's going to be a couple of games they're just going to say, "Wow, man, that sucked." Uh, so that's just the nature of the season. And, and shooting to a degree, I don't believe completely, but to some degree it's fickle. Not completely. I mean, good shooters are good shooters. And especially on a team that has – this is a prolific offensive team. So just to pick players, Conley could be off. Well, that means that's okay. I still got Mitchell Bogdanovich. And O'Neal has proven now, if he gets his feet set behind the three and he's open, by all means, Royce, take the shot because it stands a pretty good chance to go in. He's just not a volume shooter. But what actually makes it even more impressive that he's a decent three-point shooter because he's not getting ten of them a game or five of them a game or seven. He may go you know, two or three games with getting a total of ten shots. Uh, so, nevertheless, this is a prolific offensive team, I believe. So, the point being that shooting is somewhat fickle, but I don't know that it's team-wide fickle. Because they have so many shooters. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that totally. Uh, they have so many shooters. And before, they've had a couple of guys who were weak links when it came to shooting, and they did other stuff. But now, they got a long list of guys who can shoot it. Tricky T says they are only beating lousy competition. Now, Milwaukee's not lousy competition. You can't say only. I'll give you the last two games. Detroit's a bad team. Cleveland, the guys they ran out there, that was just a kind of cobbled-together roster who's available. So two out of three, lousy competition. But Milwaukee, that's a quality win. So is Milwaukee now Boise State? <laughs> a little bit. You're going to go with the BYU comparisons all year? Yeah. Is it what we did virtually for three months? Yeah, absolutely. Who's the UTSA? Wait, we didn't think they were good, but you know, maybe they actually were. 
Phoenix. And they lost that game, though. I was going to say the Suns probably are that team. Yeah, that makes the yeah. Suns Coastal Carolina. Okay, fair point. Because the Jazz are sitting on four losses right now, and I think three of them you look at, those are bad losses. And now you got to look at the Suns and think, well, they're a good team and they beat you. Maybe you should be yeah. taking it away from them. Well, but I think the difference being is that the circumstances, let's call it what it is, BYU has the full week to prepare. They roll Coastal Carolina. <laughs> That's a whole nother show. They do, but when you're asking them five to do what they had the Vegas to do, Bowl argument, a little bit, they, yeah, they first cousin having to do what they did in that situation. Come on, give them a full week. Right, give them a full week, and I'm not going Alabama, but who else? John says all I know is the Jazz are three and zero since my son was born. Fan superstition. Maybe. Go Jazz! Two exclamation points. Undefeated now. Uh, They'll never lose again. I don't think little Jared has anything to do with it. <laughs> little Jared. <laughs> little Jared. Because he's like a week old. Of course he's little Jared. Well, just trying to pick names. You know, names that this community likes. Tanner. Uh, Tanner's a decent one. Jared. Uh, Jacob seems to be up there. I was going to say my name. Very. My positive. sister got my sister got all irritated. Man, they named her. She has one. I have two sisters. They each have one kid. Ironically, and uh, neither of them look like they're going to reproduce. So, the my my parents are gone, but my uh, parents uh, are not. Uh, if they were here, they would not be great grandparents. None of us have any grandchildren, mm. and uh, but they named their. Uh, kid jake jacob and uh, he's in his 30s and they thought it was unusual well then they find out wait a second man there's like a million of them i mean washington alone had like 10 of them at quarterback university of uh, a couple years back didn't it seem like they had five guys yeah every guy, they every, did every guy, his <laughs> name jake <laughs> jake is out <laughs> looks like that knee's pretty bad they're gonna bring in jake <laughs> so jake became a, a less, uh, uh, well, a more common name than than my sister had intended at the time. I have texted the wrong Jake about sports and work multiple times because I work with Jake Hatch, I work with Jake Scott, and I work with Jake Edmonds. Yeah, if you think if you think there's a chance I've screwed that up, you're right. I have. Uh, Justin says, "Hey." We scared Washington even into not even wanting to play. Fear us. Justin is now on the team. Us. We. Are we talking about the Huskies or the Wizards? I believe he's talking about the Wizards. He's not on the BYU (laughs) BYU schedule. Huskies. We're out. Yeah, I mean, they're both. The similarities are now starting to get uncanny here. Both had big games, possibly, against Washington, and neither came to pass. <laughs> it's crazy to think of. Scotty says, if the Jazz are truly rolling, then the answer to your question is both. Are the Jazz well, rolling, nothing wrong or are they beating both. up on lousy competition? No, it's the, this isn't college football or basketball where you can pad your, your record with a bunch of non-conference games. You you got to play everybody twice, and then you'll play some of these Western teams the third time this year. So I don't know that they're going to get anybody four times this year with a 72-game schedule. 
Maybe there's somebody out there. Oh, they're going to beat the Lakers four times. Nice. There it is. Leroy. Oh, Leroy comes with sarcasm. Yeah, that Milwaukee team is a pretty lousy group. Actually, I don't know if the group's all that good, but there's a guy at the top who makes it an awfully good team. I think they're okay. I have not been a big Milwaukee guy as far as them going all the way. I wasn't last year in the bubble, and I'm not now. Right, but I, do you I, trust I, them to win a? Do you trust them to win a playoff series, one series? Oh, in the East, I, yeah. yeah. Off the top of my head, yes. Right, but I, I have to admit, I'm not breaking down the bottom of the East, so sure. I have to look at it a little more in depthly. But if you can win a playoff series, even if you're in the weaker conference, you're in the top third of the league. You know, top it'd be eight teams are going to win, yeah, and you that, could say that, that make there's you a great teams. team, though. Oh, I agree, but it also doesn't make you lousy. I'm not saying they're lousy. Yeah. You got a player of that caliber. You're not lousy. You're you're not lousy. I'm just talking about as an elite level. Do I consider them legitimate NBA title contenders? I have my doubts. I had my doubts last year. I had my doubts the year before. I have my doubts now. Do you have your and doubts about everybody in the East? I mean, do you trust Philly or Boston? Toronto seems to have dropped off quite a bit. Yeah, but Miami. I don't know that those teams are getting the run that the Bucks have been getting. So I get your point. Yeah. It's just that no, there's not a big uh, preponderance of people saying, "Wow, man, they should be right. the heavy favorite." Well, it I don't just think people like the are Bucks saying that. Get a lot of run. They got a they got a lot of run last year. I think they're getting less this year. I, last year, I think they were viewed as well. We thought they were going to take out Toronto, and they didn't. But with Kawhi gone, they're now obviously the team. And I don't, I don't hear as much of that this year. I think more people like you, like me, have doubts. Like, okay, you didn't, you, you didn't pull it off last year with Kawhi gone. Are you really built for the postseason? Are you leaning too much on one guy, and that makes you too easy to defend when everybody's going hundred percent and every coach is focused on every little matchup advantage they can find? Yeah, I just don't think they're good enough. Especially when there's no clear favorite, which makes them, knocks them down even another peg. Zero says, winning against the Spurs and the Bucks on the road, that was not bad. Go Jazz. I don't think most people are going back to the Spurs. I think they feel like that was canceled out by the losses in New York. But if you go back and just look at the road trip as a whole, four and two, with one game not being played, would you have signed off on that when it started? I mean, would you sign off on that for the rest of the year? Okay, they're going to win two-thirds of their road games. Yeah, you probably would. How many teams in the NBA win more than two-thirds of their road games? Yeah, but how many teams in the NBA play more than two-thirds of their road games when the environment is exactly like a home game? So I, that, you drive me nuts when you do that. You look at statistics. You think this yeah. year they're going to be like the Lakers, since they're the champs and seem to be really good again? You think the they'll Jazz? win? The, will the Lakers win two-thirds of their road games this year? Uh, I, I can't tell you because I, I, I goes back to the COVID deal. I don't know who's going to be available each game. I think we're going to see more and more of this stuff. I know the league now has come out with more – Rules and regulations. You can't yep. uh, do this or that. You can't leave your hotel. You can't have your friends in there. Yep. George Hill came out last night and said, well, then maybe we shouldn't play. Again, another person who uh, is employed telling us maybe we should have a lockdown. I'm still waiting for the first one who doesn't have any money coming in. There's got to be one out there who's saying that. So the availability of the Lakers going forward, I cannot tell you that to say 
that's my whole point is don't bring historical significance and statistics in into it. a weird when, year. Yeah. A really weird year. And and to make the point that it is a weird year, the Lakers are undefeated on the road right now and they've lost three home they're three and three at home and six and zero oh on the road. And there are no, there are no fans and the energy is weird and the refs aren't getting intimidated, so it may be. It may be that multiple teams win two-thirds of the games this year, and it's a total outlier from every other year because it is a total outlier from every other year. Right. Exactly. And so that remains to be seen to what degree. But right now it looks like it's going to be. I mean, you look at Miami just recently as less than 24 hours ago, the prior evening, they got three significant dudes who aren't playing uh, because of some, they just say, covid related issues they don't say whether the the player has it or doesn't have it or it's just a contract contact i always want to say contract i'm gonna, I'm gonna screw that up the whole time it's gonna drive me nuts uh so they guess got that no, i mean i'll just go tracing so i'll just eliminate the word that's what i'll do from now on i'll just say tracing so who knows what that means that's vague but we know it's a serious issue obviously i'm not detracting from that so it's hard to say who's going to be in lineups and who isn't so to predict What's going to happen is just a waste of time, which, man, I don't know why anybody would bet on this stuff uh, this year, most especially. But that's what I'm talking about right now. It's all I can deal with is right now. The Jazz are rolling. They're playing some great basketball, and they're looking really good. I mean, favorites. I'm watching the game last night. My wife's a real casual NBA fan. We'll get into it to a degree in the postseason. Uh but the, especially last night with an early game because we're eating dinner and I've got the television on and I'm sitting on the couch eating, right? And so is she because it's uh, – So she gets she sucked wants, into it? Well, nah, sucked into it's not really the word because that makes it sound like she doesn't want to. Uh, and she's fine with watching it, but she's probably not going to watch. If it's a home game in the middle of January, she's probably not watching it because uh, you can watch something else, uh, uh, you know as they have whatever whatever they have on. She watches a lot of old stuff. But anyway, she, we're watching the game, and she, she says to me, man, Fave has really been a great addition to this team this year. She called him Fave. <laughs> <laughs> and you're looking at her like, who are you? And where's my wife? Well, just uh, – so, I mean, she has a cursory knowledge of it, uh, at least, and can and – can, can carry on in, uh, you know, a, not necessarily an in-depth conversation and and probably can't carry. It's like me with uh, RSL. And I can hold my own to a degree on the team. You start getting in the league, uh, that's not my strong point. I'm not really following the league. I'm only following the league as it relates to the Jazz. We're in the NBA. We're following the league irregardless of whether it relates to the Jazz, right? And that's just the way we're wired. Well, it's the same thing with her. But the point being is that this team is playing well right now, and Favors is a component of that. He came in. It's Cleveland. I understand that. But he looked really good in his limited playing time. And that's a major upgrade. Not just a minor upgrade. I think it's a major upgrade uh, from what they had last year. Because they were trying to figure out a couple of guys there, first with Davis and then with Bradley. Well, neither of those guys, neither of them combined, I don't think are in favors this category. So what he's bringing to the team, and this is exactly why he came back, he knew what he was getting, they knew what they were getting, we all knew what we are getting, and the guy's playing well. And it's like last year didn't even happen. 
he didn't play for New Orleans last year. I have no memory of that. He was <laughs> he was just out. <laughs> he was sick or something. I don't know. <laughs> because it seems like he's he's better than he ever was in the role that were that uh, Quinn Snyder and those guys are asking him to do. So it's another reason as to why this team is playing good ball right now. Not last week, but right now. Parts of last week. Brian, they beat Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Anyone who thinks they're feasting on basement dwellers needs to get checked. Just Into the boards? Feasting. Get checked into the boards? Yeah, a little hockey reference. <laughs> you throw out a little soccer. You threw out a little football earlier. It's just all sports comparisons now. It's just all sports parallels. BYU schedule. Yeah. Into the boards for hockey. Well, they're hitting a home run right now. Huh. I was waiting for a baseball one. There we go. Yeah. And right now, I'm telling you, man, when they got it teed up, they are hitting that shuttlecock and just jamming it down the line. <laughs> wow, mixing and matching at epic level. Yeah, and the good thing about last night is they got out of the starting gate quick. They jumped on them early. Well, I want and, my horse racing reference. Yeah. You know, they didn't exi- they didn't trade blows in the octagon. Oh, look at you. Can you give us a lacrosse reference? That I don't think I can talk lacrosse. A couple of seasons when she was younger, my 15-year-old played lacrosse. And uh, coached by uh, former BYU quarterback Jackson Brown. <laughs> nice. He's an athlete. He can play anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the whole family is. Uh, I've known them for a number of years. I played in some charity basketball game one, and that was not good. <laughs> it was like Jordan. He went to Jordan, right? I think it was Jordan alumni. Oh, I thought you were comparing Michael Jordan. No, it was like. <laughs> it was Jordan alumni, and so, and, and it was a bunch of media people. And so when the. When the the tw- you know the twenty year class got out there, then there was a chance to compete a little bit. But when the twenty two year olds were out there, whatever they were, that was ugly. <laughs> Just running and dunking on us. I enjoyed Couldn't those couple up. of seasons of uh, of lacrosse. Oh yeah, why'd you like that? Uh, because she was pretty good. She was yeah. it was a fun sport for her. Uh, she was aggressive, and I can remember. Uh, so this is going back, uh, it has to be seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the funny thing is she was aggressive, right? So she, she was scoring goals because it, it was a co-ed team. And um, there was a dad of a boy who just didn't want to be out there. Mm-hmm. And it was probably your first introduction to any form of team sport. Maybe you'd probably played soccer earlier a little bit. That seems to be... Soccer is the first introduction to any type of team sport in a lot of cases. And so the dad of this boy who just didn't want to be out there was just embarrassed and flustered. And and so he'd take him off to the side and try to get the kid to be aggressive during the game. And so the 15-year-old now is my youngest. And so at that point, all my screw-ups, and I've had a whole – Old Testament thick worth of screw-ups when it came to youth sports, and I don't want to go into all of it, but uh, I'm paying paid a heavy price. And so with her, I just sat back, and I could see that that was his oldest, and this kid, 
he's probably into the arts because he wasn't into sports at all. And the dad was just getting more flustered and frustrated. And I'm just sitting back and I'm just enjoying the whole thing because uh, he wanted it, but the kid didn't want it at all. <laughs> I'm out. So, and he and and it was exasperated, I think, by the fact that there was a few girls on the team who were that athletic. wouldn't help. That wouldn't yeah. help. Yeah, and and were aggressive and gender at that age. There was very little difference in size and strength and whatnot that you can get as you get older. Obviously, uh, not necessarily a difference in talent, but just the the physical differences allow a high school boy to be just physically more dominant than a woman or a girl in a lot of cases and so we but at that age there was no no physical difference and the couple of girls that they were playing were just including mine were just kicking butt and it was a so it was it was fun i was actually uh, i didn't care whether she pursued it or not but if she had wanted to pursue it i could have seen myself enjoying lacrosse in a sport that I really didn't know about, and it's not like you were getting in a lot of fundamentals at that age, because I don't think anybody trying to think growing up in my era played lacrosse when I was no. growing up back east. I didn't to, really back east. They didn't. Ah, because it's. I've always heard it's a much bigger sport, and I've seen the uh, the NCAA semifinals in NFL stadiums with forty and fifty thousand people there. I didn't know anything about it till I went. Not to, in my circle. No, okay, I didn't know anything about it till I went to college. And I, I, I seriously, I don't think I knew one person who had played a game. I don't think I'd ever seen it in person. But the lacrosse field was right by the baseball field. And so when I was, I worked in the sports information office to make a little money. And you're sitting at the top of the stands in baseball. You could look uh, back over your shoulder at the lacrosse field. And whether it was practices or games, and the games were going on, there were people there. And... Yeah, it looked like fun. I mean, they're flying up and down the field. There's as much contact as there is in hockey. It looks a lot like basketball. There's as many whistles as basketball, um, but there's as much contact as hockey. Obviously, they're on grass. So The females played field hockey. That was big. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Growing up in the, I mean, growing up in the West didn't know anything ago. about that. So, for all I know, lacrosse could be massive now. Just wasn't in my little circle, and maybe it was back then, and I was just unaware of it. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, we got a lot of feedback coming in. Are the Jazz rolling or only beating up on lousy competition? You can hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Uh, Nat Dog just tweeted at us five and one against over five hundred teams. Not lousy there. Jeffrey says yep. a bit, a bit of both, but I'll take it, especially when the road games. Uh, yeah, I think we're going more traditional thinking. Yep. That's nice if you follow it up with a bunch of home wins. If you don't, well, then what's the difference? Got that stretch coming up. We were talking about it yesterday. Later this month, there'll be a long stretch of home games. And if you split those, then it doesn't matter. The Denver game is something that I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. Big game Sunday, Jazz in Denver. Got to play Atlanta Friday first. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, money. Big money. It's bad, but it could be worse. We'll get to that next. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. It's fun to watch the development of Donovan Mitchell, watching him develop the knowledge of when to take over, when to take a step back. How has that been from your perspective? You know what? If Donovan can get going early because the defense is giving him looks, he should take them and not worry about what Mike Conley or somebody else is doing. Um, Quite honestly, we need Donovan to be a tremendous amount better than he's been so far this year. We can be really positive about it, but on the other end, he's not going to line as, as he's had some blips where he's gone to line a little bit, but if he's, if he's our marquee go-to scorer, there's an efficiency level that has to be much higher than it is right now. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK, Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director, talking about the uh, deficit and after a year of uh, sort of kind of a little bit of football, good news is they played some games. Bad news is they didn't play the full schedule and they didn't have fans and luxury suites and concessions and parking and all that stuff. But what once was projected as a 50 or $60 million deficit is now going to be a $35 million deficit. And he says there's a couple ways to fix that. One is to do a, a loan from the school. Another is to use uh, one, the option the conference put out there. I think for the fans who don't have to worry about that, and you know, it's his job to worry about it, but for the fans who don't have to worry about that, the question is, does a $35 million deficit impact the way the teams compete? Are the coaches going to have money to recruit? Are they going to have the money to pay assistant coaches and coordinators in football, assistant coaches in other sports, uh, basketball are they going to have that kind of money to do that? Are they going to have the money to buy out Larry Kristoviak if they want to make a change at the end of the year? Is it going to impact winning and losing? And I think because so many teams have the same problem, so many schools do, that the answer is no, it's not going to impact winning and losing that much. Are you buying that? Yes. Yes, I am. So the future is bright. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh. If you want to relate it specifically to Utah, you're talking about... So I was looking generally because the Pac-12, I think Oregon played the full amount of the reduced games, if that makes sense. Or Oregon State did, I should say. I think they played seven. So did Oregon, too. Right, they were four and three. Um, And so the point being is that some teams, not everybody played the same amount of games. Yeah, Washington... Washington played four, and so did Cal and Wazoo. Uh, Arizona State only did two. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple, uh, save a million, just uses this barometer, a million bucks a game, right? So there's there's not that big of a difference. There may be like a 3 or $4 million difference as opposed to a 35 or a $50 million difference in that. So basically the conference teams are in the same boat. Uh, I think it was a dumb decision to do what they did. Uh, I know that's not the the popular uh, way of thinking these days. You're supposed to, if you're in the media, it seems like you're supposed to demand that they not play games, that everybody's going to have issues here if they play. At least I've seen so many people saying that anyway. Uh, I thought they should have tried to get it in like like the SEC did, but nevertheless, they didn't. Um, So... That's cost them money, no doubt about it, right? But they're sort of all in the same boat there. And the recruiting 
pretty much everybody across the country is in the same boat because the rules are applying to everyone with the no campus visits, no traveling or whatnot. So all that is even to a, to a degree. It's not completely because Alabama is still going to be Alabama and uh, Kansas is still going to be Kansas, right? And you're, it's going to be hard for blue chippers to go to Kansas because they're not very good. So I don't see where it's going to affect the product out on the field. The Utes are still going to do what they do. They have guys on their staff that have great eyes for talent and the ability to project. I mean, they're really, really good. I mean, if I would hire uh, Kyle Whittingham if he ever didn't want to stop coaching. I'd hire him as a recruiting analyst in a heartbeat, <laughs> and I'd give him $10 bucks and just say, <laughs> go look at these guys on film and tell me what you think. What is, because, your, what is your recipe? What is the secret sauce? What yeah. do you see in these guys that other people don't see? I mean, it just goes on and on and on here. We can name so many guys that – you, they just were a name on a sheet of paper when the signings were announced. And then four or five years later, they're hearing their name called by whoever is the current NFL commissioner. Uh, you know, we're going back, and that's why I say that. I mean, going back to Tagliabue and, and, and all these, I can't even remember all the NFL commissioners, right? And so we've seen that. So this guy has a talent and his staff. They have a talent for doing that. So I don't see how that's going to change because I don't see where that factors in financially. You see, if you had more money or less money in a given year, they're still going to get guys that that aren't that uh, don't seem to have all that social media buzz. But then they come to the program and they're just really, really good. For instance, and I hate to keep bringing his name up under the circumstances, but Ty Jordan. Did we go crazy when they got a commitment from this young man? No, we didn't. But reading the you know the stories that you know there were late bids from other schools, and I guess that brings up the question: Well, why didn't they see something earlier? You know, so from Texas to uh, uh, USC, uh, you know, those are some pretty pretty big name schools. I wonder if that is a little minimized by their ability. And Kyle's talked about this since the day they got into the Pac-12. You know, well, now that we're in the Pac-12, we can get indoors we didn't use to get into. Mm-hmm. And then it was clear. Um, and they have. When you got three, four years down the line, once they got past those five and seven seasons, they started winning. Well, that got them into more doors that they didn't get in. You they're know, in now all the start- doors they need to be in. They're starting to get in on four-star guys. Ooh, I don't know that that's true. Oh, I do. Really? Absolutely. That doesn't mean you're getting, you're getting the, get, the okay, kid? Okay, all right, yeah. So can you get the kid? I mean, at least now you can talk to him. <laughs> so he, he doesn't blow you off in two seconds. But if he blows you off in two seconds or he blows you off and you're the second school— it has the same impact on your roster. You either get them or you don't. Well, there may be some kids who just want to stay local. Every kid has his own story. Yeah. And so whatever his circumstances are, uh, that's why I admired the guys who came from Florida so much, uh, Simpkins and, and uh, Tyler Moss. And, and Moss, to think that these – and they're African-American kids to come all the way out to Utah where it's snowy and cold and it's Utah and it has a rep. But those kids blazed a different trail. 
and two of them made it to the NFL, and they all three, as I understand it, got their degrees, which is the ultimate importance if you're not an NFL player. So, and I, it's that's just awesome that they did that. They traveled a different road, and they came out of it at the end of it, probably a lot better, well more more well rounded as human beings, because to a degree. Uh, and I don't know about their neighborhoods because I haven't been down there. But to a degree, they got out of their comfort zone, which to a degree, everybody does. You know, I guess maybe if you're coming from East High and you go to Utah, maybe you're not getting out of your comfort zone because it's literally right across the street. Right? You can see the stadium every single day. But, you know, if you're going out of state and that's a that's a transition time for everybody. We've all been there. So you have to get out of your comfort zone to one degree or another. So. I don't know that they're going to get everybody that they want because some kids don't want to do that and whatnot, but they're going to get enough to be competitive, and that's just proven. In fact, you can strip it away and go bare bones, and they're probably still going to be good enough to be competitive because they just have an eye. now, And now they have the stature. I don't think there's any way a Jalen Johnson comes to Utah if they're not in the Pac-12. Right, right. And now that's the point I'm trying to get at is that they don't have to get diamonds in the rough, and he wasn't a diamond in the rough. Not at all. And Oklahoma wanted him. So you're not a diamond in the rough. You're, you're the big dog in the world of recruiting. I mean, you're, right. you're 16, 17, whatever, but you're still, among 16 and 17-year-olds, he was the big dog. Well, you know? now, final three were SC, Oklahoma, and Utah. Right. Eric Weddle was a different deal. That, that was, was another story. Though. That was overlooked diamond in the rough. Does he really have the size? But he ends up playing in the NFL and being all pro and making a ton of money and having an awesome career and, you know, playing all four years at Utah and being part of an undefeated team. I mean, that's... They certainly had NFL team guys back then. Every program does. That's more amazing than, you know, getting Johnson, who people knew, okay, he's really good. You know, it doesn't... That doesn't go to your, your... that goes to your ability to close and get him on campus as opposed to your ability to identify a diamond in the rough. No, he wasn't a diamond in the rough at all. No, right. no, he was a big-time player, and he came there because of the situation. Now, if the situation had been different and, say, he was coming out this year, he probably doesn't go to Utah because last year he does because when he went, they had a bunch of guys who left and were graduating and went to the NFL, and he wanted to play immediately. He wanted to play three years and go to the NFL. So he needed a place that was going to enhance his ability to start, and Utah got, was the place. Now they got guys who are back for a second year in the program. Right. So I'm, maybe he does come. I mean, it's, we'll never know, nor does it matter. But I'm just painting the picture of that situation here. It's, I think it's the same thing with this Clark Phillips kid uh, who was just uh, in the same boat. They had lost a bunch of guys, all of them. Literally all of them, in this case, went to the NFL. I can't remember back in Jalen's days who was on the team because you start getting away a few years, but I can remember as recently as last year, they all went to the NFL. So Phillips, the decommits from Ohio State, I mean, I'm going to play, I'm going to play right off the bat, and they're going to put me in the NFL because if you're a good, if you're a really good defensive back at Utah, you're an NFL player. That's just a fact. Same thing with, uh, obviously, running back and defensive line. Now they're starting to build it up a little bit at linebacker, linebacker too. Yeah. To where if you're really – they've put a number of guys now that have played – they put three guys in the last couple of years. So that deal of linebacker, of that being a weak spot, not, not Old anymore. News. Old news. Nope. Nope. Yep. Yeah. They're right, they they're right just, there. They can just point at Cody Barton and say, well, he's in the NFL playoffs. Well, Barton, Hanson, and Bernard, yeah. all three of those guys – Played in the NFL this year. They were on active rosters, maybe not every week, but they were on. A, they made the NFL, and so and Barton has been there 
Uh, he's a special teams guy primarily for Seattle, but nevertheless, he's in the NFL himself. So those are positions to where I, I, I think if I'm a four-star kid or I'm a zero-star or a five-star and I'm interested in going out of state and it's not something that I'm adverse to and Utah comes calling – I open the door for them. They don't open it themselves. <laughs> I make sure that they're in my living room because I want to hear what they have to say. And we can talk about education and all that, and that's important, and that's up to the individual and his family members how much they want to emphasize that. But if you have the opportunity to go to the NFL, you have to pursue that because that's life-changing money uh, has the potential to be. And if it's not, even if you're only in there for two or three years, you still have the opportunity to make way more than you would make uh, being an accountant or whatever uh, it might be, usually under most circumstances. So you need to take that seriously. So I don't see where this budget thing is going to affect the Utes at all. Well, that's what the fans care about is winning and losing. And if it doesn't exactly. impact that, I, I still think, to go back to your point, you know, if they didn't want to start when the SEC started for whatever reason their medical people told them, you know, that's one thing. But I look at the Mountain West and how many teams, how many games those schools played. And once they got the testing and they felt like, okay, now we can do this, liability issues, whatever, you know, Nevada played nine games. You Good know, for them. Everybody in, the, in that league played six except, I think, CSU played four. You know, but if the if the Pac-12 had just started two weeks earlier, you know, we'd be talking about a twenty-five million dollar deficit instead of thirty-five. Now, maybe that doesn't matter that much to fans if it's not going to impact winning and losing. But man, I would think that would matter to Mark Harlan. You know, pushing the numbers around on a page, deciding lot. Yeah, deciding uh, how many people he's got to furlough and how many people he's got to lay off, and it. You know, that they walked away from that. that. That seems like low hanging fruit to me. The other call, maybe it was tough and it worked out for the SEC. Maybe they got a little lucky. Maybe they, I don't know. But the 10 million that they left on the table by waiting two more weeks, that just seems like a slam dunk. That doesn't seem like a tough call. You know, and, and how did the how did the Big Ten and the Mountain West turn around so quick and the Pac-12 didn't? Well, well, that's why you can get on Twitter and type in Fire Larry Scott, and probably somebody yeah. has that Twitter <laughs> handle. Yeah, probably. That's already been created uh, as a whole. I saw a thing um, a while back. I can't remember where I saw it, but it was uh, on Twitter, and somebody said, Larry Scott has COVID, and here are the symptoms. And they listed the symptoms. Now, this was a satirical thing. The symptoms were... Uh, his conference has no TV exposure, yeah. uh, blah, blah, blah. So there was no uh, physical health symptoms, headaches, right. nausea, yeah. whatever. The, it was the all about the, the deficiencies yeah. within the conference. Yeah. The, your network isn't on direct TV. On yeah. and on. We yeah. know what they all are, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And so that uh, that's why I, I assume they'll make a change. All right, PK. So good news. At Fire Larry Scott does not exist on Twitter currently. So okay, go, but well, that, you just fixed that by saying that. You, you can go park on it if you want. <laughs> I want Larry Scott fired or yeah. something. Uh, there's got to be. There are people that have their names, like their their username is Fire Larry Scott, yes. Yeah. Well, that's good enough. He's become, and to a good degree, uh, deserving the the whipping guy for the conference. Um, I mean, I haven't read Canzano here in a few weeks, but I'm guessing he wrote something yesterday blasting the Pac-12 and their rent in San Francisco. <laughs> It's just, the story's been played out so much, I'm almost sick of hearing it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. We're talking jazz coming up next. Are they rolling? 
if they just hit a soft spot in the schedule and they're playing some weak competition. A lot of you are tweeting at us, and we will get to that next. Stay with us.